You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a show all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Welcome, my lovely friend, to my podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. I am so excited about this episode. It is on a topic that I guarantee has impacted you or someone you know or someone you love, and that is the C word, cancer. Cancer is the second leading cause of death worldwide right after heart disease, and the rates of cancer have been increasing every single decade. So what gives? Why is cancer so rampant? And is chemo really the only thing that we can do to get rid of cancer? And what can we do to heal it? So today's guest is someone who knows all about cancer, and that is Nathan Crane. He is a certified holistic cancer coach and natural health researcher. He is a best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and 20-time award-winning documentary filmmaker. So we chat all about his story, how he got into this line of work. He had a very troubled youth, did a lot of very hardcore drugs, and had a spiritual awakening, a spiritual, emotional, physical, all the things. And he is now on a mission to help as many people as he can. Of course, we get into a lot of different topics As I said, we discuss his background, how he healed his own inner emotional traumas, the impact of personal forgiveness, and what harboring resentment does to the body. We go over the root causes of all cancer, cancer fear, allopathic doctor's view of cancer, chronic inflammation. Nathan also shares his recommendations of therapy, qigong, energetic healing, and more. So without further ado, here is my interview with the inspirational Nathan Crane. Hi, Nathan. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Super happy to be here. I'm super stoked. Um, I was thinking about it earlier, how I discovered you. This is kind of actually a funny way. I discovered you through my mom. (laughs) She listens to your podcast. My mom is on a journey similar to me. I mean, obviously, it's kind of thanks to me, I guess, you know, she listens to everything I have to say. And um, anyways, and then you and I, or I, I connected with you on Instagram and and saw all the things that you were sharing. And I was like, hmm, he and I are on the same page about a lot of things. So awesome. I'm excited awesome. with you. What's your, mo- what's your mom's name? Her name is Susan. Well, hello, Susan, and thank you for this great connection. So, Aww, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. Um, hi, mom, uh, and obviously my biggest fan, I would say, on the on the show. So that's so sweet. That's so cool when your parents get involved. My parents, same way. It's like as I change my own habits, my choices, my health, lifestyles, my diet, all the things. It's like I've been sharing it with my parents over the last. 17 18 years and it's like they make changes along the way and it's really cool to to see that right with family members and it's not always easy and not you know your family members don't always listen to you and sometimes it's like you tell them something a hundred times and they're like yeah yeah yeah, whatever and then they hear somebody else say it and they're like hey did you know this thing i should eat this way or something you're like I did know that i told you like, you're crazy. That's all right. at least at least you're doing it now you know but but other times it's like 
you tell them something and they really take it um, to heart and you see them make the changes. Um, just and vice versa, your parents are telling you something. Sometimes you're like, yeah, okay, thank you. You know, eventually you listen. So I think as kid, as children, like as we grow up and we're trying to help our parents as they were trying to help us, we get a little bit of that karma, right? Mm, very true, very true. Yeah. yeah, you know, and sometimes I think, like I said, some these people will, you're telling them over and over what they should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And and then it's like an outsider. They People listen to outsiders more than they do like those closest to them. Um, at least that's for like, maybe some other family members. My parents are vet well, my mom is better about it. She's, she is very spongy. She's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, she's very interested, but. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then my dad actually has gotten interested because he had his own little health care and, and he tried it out. He tried eating plant-based for a few weeks and he, or it was actually a week and he saw the most profound benefits that he's wow. like telling all of his, it's like the craziest thing. He's such a meat a meat dude, like a meat guy, like through and through. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, is this an alternate universe or something? Like, where am I? I have no idea. This is so weird. <laughs> like my dad is eating a lot of plants and like not eating as much meat. So it's really great, but. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell us a little bit. I, I know a little bit about your story, um, but I think it's, you just have such a, prof- you've had such a profound um healing experience and I think you know and then have been able to go on and help so many other people because of what you went through so give us a little bit of background on your story yeah the short the short version of it is by 17 18 years old I was fully hardcore full-blown drug addict alcoholic near death very unhealthy would go days without eating doing drugs for days and days at a time, all kinds of hard drugs. I mean, everything and was living on fast food by that point, if and when I was eating, I got very pale, very skinny, you know, very emaciated. I mean, looked very sickly. I actually have an old photo somewhere. And you're like, you're like, holy cow, that guy was like, that is looks like a ghost walking around, you know, I mean, I'd gotten to that point. So digestive issues and health issues and certainly on track for a cancer diagnosis, certainly on track for an early death, certainly on track for, um, you know, just complete organ failure. I mean, I was really lucky to be alive at 18. And I had this real big kind of spiritual awakening moment. And I was with a living with a friend's family for a little while and they're real spiritual people. And I was really just soaking soaking that in Dennis Davis and Martina Davis and like really soaking in their, their wisdom and their love. And it kind of opened me up to this possibility of like, Hey, maybe I don't have to live this way. Maybe I don't have to live as a drug addict, as homeless, as, you know, um, this, this addicted, angry, lost, confused human being, you know, that was really, um, I was dealing with a lot of insecurity that was masked as ego and, cockiness and you know it was that oftentimes that's you know insecurity either manifests as as extreme cockiness right or like um complete like uh separation from um any confidence whatsoever and and i was kind of the the other extreme of that and and underneath it was it was just it was just insecurity and it was fear and it was anger and resentment and all these feelings that 
you know, childhood traumas and different situations that led to the addictions that led to, you know, there's always an underlying root cause of why something's happening in your life, whether it's depression, it's anger, it's fear, it's resentment, it's addiction of any kind, you know, and I share the story of addiction because at, um, at, at one point in my life, I was so disconnected from that after I'd gotten sober, I was like, did that even happen? Like that wasn't even real. Like I didn't even want to tell anybody about it because I felt so completely separated from that old life that I was almost, almost ashamed of it, you know? And then I went through a journey of like fully accepting what I'd gone through and learned from it and realized, look, people are dealing with addiction. Millions and millions of people are dealing with all kinds of addictions today. And it's, and it's the same thing I went through, whether it's food addiction for people and they're dealing with obesity because they can't stop eating or it's pornography addiction or it's technological addiction. Like I can't put their phone down for a second to have a conversation with a real person, you know, um, it's addiction to drama is a big addiction that people deal with. Like they, they feel like they have to be in a dramatic situation in a relationship and watching high drama, high crime type of movies all the time, like to get that stimulation, those things are addictions and they lead to, you know, an addiction is, is only negative if it leads to negative consequences. And so if the, I, I took a hard look at my life and was like, do I want these things in my life anymore. And at 18, I moved to, I moved from uh, Bozeman, Montana and drove to San Diego, California, Oceanside, ran out of gas there and basically started my life over. And from 18 until now, which has been 18 years, um, I have been fully dedicated to being the healthiest, happiest, most loving, wise human being I can become. And I will be dedicated to that for the rest of my life. You know, and it's been a journey and it's been a challenge and it's been, hasn't been easy. And I had relapses over the years and, you know, it's, it, I learned something new from each of those dark, challenging times that I went through, but I can happily say now that I'm at a place in my life where I'm incredibly grateful to be alive. I have a, you know, beautiful, healthy, happy family and my wife and two kids. I have great relationships with my parents again, which I didn't have for a long time. Um, you know, great, great relationships with other family members that I didn't have for a long time. Like a lot of things got healed as I healed myself, as I healed my own inner emotional conflicts, as I resolved my own anger and, and resentment and blame and guilt and shame, as I went through, you know, personal forgiveness practices with myself, with my mom, with other family members. You know, what I found is if you are harboring resentment or guilt or shame or blame towards anybody else or towards yourself, it's worth a deep look into the mirror to say, what's really happening with this energy? What's really happening with this feeling? Who am I really hurting with this? You're, you look in the mirror and you realize you're hurting yourself, right? If you have jealousy towards somebody else, if you have anger towards somebody else, if you have resentment, if you're blaming somebody for something that happened, and I'm not saying that these things aren't justified. If you've been, you know, molested or raped or attacked or, or uh, abandoned, any, you know, those feelings are certainly justified to have those feelings. If you didn't have any of those feelings, you wouldn't be human. But how long we hold on to those feelings and don't process them, that's the real question. At some point, we have to process and release and heal those emotional 
traumas. Otherwise, they store physiologically as neuropeptides in, in somewhere in the body, in various organs and tissues in the body, which lead to chronic inflammation. Chronic inflammation leads to cancer and other autoimmune diseases. Right? We know chronic inflammation is an underlying cause of just about every major metabolic disease on the planet. So physiologically speaking, holding on to past traumas and emotional you know, negative experiences, we know for sure can and often does lead to chronic diseases in the body like cancer. And I work with a lot of cancer patients and have been for the past decade. But separate from that, it also makes you live a life that is painful and full of suffering that at some point we have to look in the mirror and go who's really causing this suffering is it that person or that situation from 20 years ago that i'm still holding on to is it still their fault that i'm this way or is there something i can do about this now to release and heal that past situation past trauma that i'm actually still holding on to and the answer is the latter. The answer is you do have the power. I discovered this in my own life. I do have and have had the power to heal these emotions, to heal these traumatic events, to heal these childhood adverse events. You know, I've done a lot of research over the years um, on cancer and chronic disease, looked at thousands of research papers in PubMed and other medical journals, have interviewed well over 450 doctors and scientists by this point and have learned a tremendous amount on uh, about the body and about chronic disease and about how can we heal and prevent disease naturally. And one of the things that, uh, that is a common theme throughout is if we want to prevent any kind of disease or if we want to heal from disease, we have to, number one, get to the root cause of that first and, and really understand what's at the root of it. And then number two, be diligent and take action every day towards healing and transforming that so that, you know, that disease either doesn't manifest in our lives or we can empower our bodies to heal itself. Our bodies are self-healing mechanisms. They want to heal. They want to thrive. You know, not everyone wants to live to 80, 90, 100, and that's totally understandable. But if you're going to live to 50, 60, 70, wouldn't you want to do it with health and vitality and energy and clarity of mind and function in the body and a sense of purpose in your life? I know I do. I know I certainly do. So, and most people I talk to, they also want that as well. Um, so about 10 years ago, so back to your question and, and kind of, and then also answering uh, a question I get all the time is, you know, why am I so focused on helping people with cancer specifically is uh, in 2013, my grandpa passed away. He was diagnosed with cancer. But what I believe and what I saw was that it wasn't the cancer that killed him, that it was the chemotherapy and the radiation that killed him. And I knew nothing about cancer at that point. And I, I felt so helpless and hopeless and never wanted to feel that way again and never wanted to be in that situation if another family member had cancer. And so I started learning as much about cancer as I possibly could, going out and interviewing, you know, many of the best doctors in the world who are specialists in cancer, but specifically in naturopathic medicine, holistic medicine, and integrative medicine, and learning from these doctors, then going out and meeting and interviewing and learning from people who've overcome cancer, what they did, how they did it, and have spent a tremendous amount of time just researching and learning what actually causes cancer. What is it? 
why do we get it and what can we do about it? And so that's been my kind of passion and, and a big part of my life focus for over a decade now, have reached and helped millions of people. We have thousands, tens of thousands of people who've gone through uh, our documentaries, our, uh, my books, documentaries, coaching, online courses, master classes, And it's just something that I feel, you know, really um, grateful to be able to do, to be able to actually help people realize that they have alternatives, that they have options. And so much of it is actually simple once you understand what's at the root cause of cancer and all diseases, it's all related. And there's something you can actually do about it. That's the cool thing is that it's very empowering um, to know that you can actually take actions every day that can reduce your cancer risk drastically. And if you're dealing with cancer can, can help you um, potentially overcome it. I mean, there's no guarantees, but you know, we hear stories all the time of people who have reversed incurable stage four cancers by changing their diet and lifestyle um, and healing emotionally and have seen just miracles happen. So, you know, that's, uh, that's why, I, that's why I do what I do. Yeah. Um, like you said, just empowering people. There's so much fear around cancer, obviously, but that's because most people don't realize that there is an, an alternative, you know, they think cancer, chemo, you know, losing your hair, being, going to get, you know, infusions every week. I mean, being in horrible pain. And I would bet that every single person who's listening has some connection with cancer as whether it was their parent or their grandparent or somebody, they know. I mean, I could probably name 10 people, not necessarily close to me, but people that I know of, I know, you know, like my family's been in the same town forever. So I'm always hearing like family friends or this person has cancer. I actually just heard a family friend's daughter who's like 50 just got diagnosed with breast cancer and she's doing the whole route of chemotherapy and mom, you know she didn't even get a second opinion and have they even told her anything about diet I don't think so <laughs> you know even if you ask most of the time they say oh that's not related and this goes for every disease and it drives me bananas obviously um a little bit about me is that I have I have dealt with an autoimmune disease uh irritable bowel disease and especially with something that has to do with your GI tract too. It's like, wouldn't you think that food would make a difference? Every single allopathic doctor I said, said it didn't make a difference. That's, that's, that's insane. That's literally so crazy. But, um, but back to the cancer. Yeah. It's, it's just, uh, it's so rampant and there's so much fear. And I think if people could just have some idea that there are alternatives, even if they still wanted to do some of the allopathic route, right. To have something something alternative to combine with it to at least maybe take away some of the pain. Or I know that there's different things. I mean, you could just change your diet and still do chemo and still have a better outcome, right? Yeah. So back to your point about the fear, I discovered the biggest reason why I was afraid and why most people are afraid is because we don't understand what cancer is and what causes it. And so once I dove deep into the research and it got really clear what actually causes cancer. It's like, oh, okay. All those things are in my control. 97 to 99% of it is in my control. Right now, majority of people, if you ask them what causes cancer, they have no idea. Majority of allopathic, conventionally trained Western oncologists, specially trained medical doctors in cancer. If you ask them what causes cancer, most of them have no idea. Most of them will tell you it's genetic, 
and the rest is up to chance. That's very, very sad. That's a sad state of affairs. Bad luck, you know? Bad luck. And that's such a sad state of affairs because if you pay attention and you really dig into the research, it's really clear what causes cancer, you know? And the problem is, and someone goes, well, well, doc, what ha you know, what happened? Where'd this cancer come from? Is it, well, you know, it runs in your family. It probably came from there. Uh, well, no, I'm not sure, you know, could do with my diet. No, diet has nothing to do with it. If one of the things I've heard from Western medical doctors is, oh, if diet had anything to do with it, everyone would just change their diet and then you wouldn't have to worry about cancer. I'm like, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? But that's the thinking because that's what they're taught in school. That's, you know, the textbooks are funded. So go look up and you know this, you know, but most people, uh, I encourage them, go look up where does majority of the funding for the Western medical uh, textbooks and literature and schools come from. Most of the funding comes from the pharmaceutical industries. Well, no wonder pretty much all conventional medical doctors learn in school is pharmacology. They learn how to diagnose and treat with drugs. Why? Because all of their literature, all of their funding comes from the pharmaceutical companies. Don't the pharmaceutical companies, which are primarily profit driven, isn't it in their best interest and their incentive to make sure that the doctors don't know about natural medicine, about diet and lifestyle, about natural things to prevent disease and heal from disease. It's in their best financial interest to make sure that all the doctors know about is how to prescribe their drugs because that makes the companies billions and billions of dollars. We saw this during the last few years, you know, where basically there were alternative solutions available and a lot of doctors and scientists were using them and recommending them, but they were not allowed to be spoken about because um, if they were shown to be effective, then this emergency use authorization wouldn't have been allowed to go through. That's by law. And everyone had to wait for the magical cure, the magical miracle cure in the form of a drug to come out in the form of a, I'm not going to say it so we don't get censored, but everyone knows what I'm talking about. Right. Um, <laughs> it's so bad today. We still get censored. They took down a video of mine on YouTube. We were just talking about that. And it was like, we're talking about scientifically backed verified information that they say, oh, we don't want this going out to the public. So we're just going to delete your video from our channel. I'm like, are you crazy? Did they say that you violated their community guidelines? Is that what it says or what? That's what they said. And I've got a, I've got a highly regarded, um, very well-trained doctor on with me who's speaking about it and they won't let him talk about it on my channel because oh. it's their community guidelines. Oh. Anyway, point being, um, it, unfortunately, medical doctors are not trained in diet and nutrition and lifestyle and disease prevention, and disease reversal. They're not. So we have to educate ourselves and that's what I've done. And I've made it my mission to help educate others. And so when you understand, so the fear is we don't know what causes cancer. Okay. So learn what causes cancer. And we look, when we look at what actually causes cancer, it's really quite simple at the root of all cancer is chronic inflammation. So that's number one. And that's something people should write down and think about at the root of all cancer. And in fact, all metabolic disease, diabetes, autoimmune disease, heart disease, neurodegenerative disease is, is chronic inflammation. The inflammation that is consistently and continuously um, happening in the body 
because of some underlying condition. It could be parasitic infection. It could be uh, continuous damage because of heavy metals coming in or toxins coming into the body. All these things can continuously cause chronic inflammation. It can be a constant healing and repair process going on in the body because of proteins that have slipped through the leaky gut barrier into the bloodstream. And those proteins look like the cells of your uh, hypothalamus and now your immune system's attacking your hypothalamus and now you call this uh, autoimmune disease, right? So it's a repair, it's a con your immune system's attacking the hypothalamus thinking that it's this invading protein that slipped through from the wheat that you were eating that's been genetically modified for a hundred years and has torn little tiny tears in the intestinal lining that allowed the proteins to slip through into the bloodstream like they're not supposed to. And now that protein has, you know, looks, the cells of that looks just like, like I said, the hypothalamus, for example, or the joint tissues, which leads to rheumatoid arthritis. And so the immune system, people go, oh, it's autoimmune disease. Well, it's your immune system out of whack attacking your body. Totally not true. Is your immune system doing its job, looking for invading enemies, attacking it? The problem is we put the wrong things into our body, not knowing that they're actually destroying our intestinal gut lining and then allowing these to slip through into the bloodstream and the bodies. And the problem is some of those proteins look the same as the cells of other organs and parts of our body and then ends up as autoimmune disease. So that chronic inflammation, that's why people with autoimmune disease, diabetes, heart disease, all these chronic inflammatory diseases are significantly more likely to end up with a cancer diagnosis as well because chronic inflammation is one of the underlying causes of cancer. All right, so what causes chronic inflammation? So that's the first question everyone should ask if we, we can get into that. You know, elevated blood glucose, environmental toxins, stress, an unhealthy diet and lifestyle behaviors. Those are really the six core causes of cancer. So when you understand those, you realize, wow, I have a lot of control actually. I have a lot of power to do something about it. I can change my lifestyle behaviors. It's not easy, but I can do it, right? It's easy if I pick one thing at a time and stay committed to it and I start feeling better because of it and create some momentum and then improve on that. We can change our lifestyle behaviors. We can change our diet. We can change our levels of stress. That's totally within our control. We can change the environmental toxins to a major degree. And then we can talk about how to do that. Um, and we can change our blood glucose levels by the foods that we put in and the stress on our body. And we can change the chronic inflammation even. We can eliminate the chronic inflammation from our bodies by doing the other things, reducing the stress, uh, improving our lifestyle behaviors, adding in exercise, sauna, ice baths, spending time out in nature, uh, having a meditation or Qigong or energy healing practice. We know turns down the sympathetic nervous system, turns up our parasympathetic nervous system, which upregulates our immune system. And our immune system is responsible for finding and destroying cancer cells. So we have this really cool cancer destroying factory inside our bodies. Dr. Thomas Lodi, good friend and colleague of mine. He's a medical doctor who is um, holistically trained, works out of Thailand now, but he has a clinic in Arizona. Um, we've talked a lot about cancer over the years. And he works with patients hands-on. And one of the things he told me that always stick with me is he says, there is a cure for cancer. It's called your immune system. If your immune system is fully functioning, you never have to worry about a cancer diagnosis. So how do we enhance our immune system? And what, 
what downregulates our immune system and what turns it on, right? Well, an overactive immune system, which is basically what they say is autoimmune disease, that gets a little tricky because with autoimmune disease, and then if you have cancer and then, you know, your immune system's kicked way on, that gets a little tricky. So you got to be a little more mindful about that. But in general, the idea is, hey, we need to enhance our immune system so it can do what's designed to do, which is eliminate this cancer. We also have to realize that cancer, so that's number one, understand the deeper underlying causes of cancer. Um, and I go into a lot more depth in that in my in my book and in my master class. But number two is that um, we need to make sure that when we are looking at cancer, we realize that it's not something that came to you. It's not something you got. It's not something by accident. It's very rarely has anything to do with genetics. It is something you're making inside your body. It's something you're creating. We're creating cancer inside of us. And so realizing that goes, oh, okay. It's not, I don't catch it like a cold or a flu. I don't get it from somewhere else. Has very little, I mean, even cancer.gov says 95% plus of cancer is not hereditary, meaning it's not genetics. And yes, genetics play a small role, but through the science of epigenetics, we know we can turn on and turn off those cancer genes by all the things I just talked about. A healthy diet, a uh, changing our lifestyle behaviors, reducing stress, a meditation practice, you know, balancing our blood glucose, getting the toxins out of our body care products and our foods and our water and our air um, and reducing chronic inflammation. We know by doing that, we actually turn on hundreds of genes that are associated with um, anti-inflammatory anti, uh, effects, longevity, um, healing genes. We turn those on and we turn down and turn off the genes that are associated with cancer and other chronic diseases. So we know that even that's in our control, right? And Bruce Lipton, who's a friend of mine, who is an incredibly brilliant man, wrote the book, Biology of Belief. He's in my documentaries. And one of the things he has told me again and again, and his science has proven it, is it really comes down to the environment in which the cells live will determine what that cell manifests into. And will determine whether your body's going to produce cancer or not. And so we have to look at the environment, both our environment, our physical environment around us. You constantly surrounded by toxins and chemicals and pollutants. If you're living in your house, unfortunately, yes, you are surrounded by that. And we can talk about how to clean that up pretty quickly. But if you are, uh, but then you have to look at your internal environment. What is your blood chemistry? Is your blood chemistry filled with stressful chemicals all the time because you're worrying? because you're stressed out, because you're afraid, because you're anxious? Or is it filled with health-promoting, longevity, anti-cancer chemicals, um, neurochemicals that increase lifespan, that increase longevity, that fight cancer? And again, all those things are within our control. And so the cell is either going to replicate and become a healthy cell and um, go through a process called healthy cellular respiration, producing about 36 ATP units of energy per unit of glucose, meaning it's very efficient, it's healthy, it's reproducing itself, its offspring are healthy, and they're managing the millions of different functions that are happening in our body 24 seven. 
or are you stressed out, uh, filled with toxins, eating foods you're probably not even aware of that are causing chronic inflammation and, and causing little tears in your intestines. And then the cells, the mitochondria in the cells are getting damaged. Those little powerhouse batteries of the cells are being damaged. And when enough of them die off, that cell starts to chronically ferment and go into aerobic glycolysis. And aerobic glycolysis is a very inefficient way to produce energy. And so it only produces two ATP of energy per unit of glucose instead of a healthy cell, 36. So two, so then it has to rep replicate itself really, really fast so the cancer starts to spread. Why? To keep you alive. That's what cancer is, is trying to keep you alive. If all these cells died off instantly, my theory is you would probably die. Mm. So I really believe cancer is a survival mechanism there to actually just keep you alive which is interesting if you think about a tumor, for example, a tumor forms a cancer all in one area, let's say a breast tumor. Mm -hmm. Now, eventually, if it's not removed from the body, that cancer isn't eliminated, the, the source of that cancer isn't eliminated from the body, eventually that those cells will spread through the lymphatic system and into other organs. But at a stage one, for example, it's just a, it's just a tumor. And that tumor is all the cancer being bundled into one place. Why? Because it's, your body's trying to encapsulate it into one place to keep it from spreading. And so you notice it and go, hey, I'm doing something wrong here that's causing a cancer. Let's try and fix that before it spreads to the rest of my body. Well, stage three, stage four, it's metastasized. It's gone to other organs. Why? Because it's like the lymphatic system and the immune system can't keep up with it because the underlying cause is just driving it. It's like you keep drinking gasoline, you know, it's just feeding the fire constantly. So we got to stop drinking the gasoline. We got to stop putting the toxins in. We got to stop putting the stress in. We've got to stop poisoning ourselves with the food, the water, the air, uh, the beliefs, the stress. And then so st stop drinking gasoline. <laughs> And then drink the health promoting things that are naturally anti-cancer and anti-inflammatory that are going to help the body heal, which is the green juices, you know, the, the, the green, super dark green powerhouse vegetables, the brassica families, the cruciferous vegetables. These have some of the most anti-cancer compounds that have been identified to date, the broccolis and the kale and the collards and the uh, cauliflowers and all of these, you know, making soups with them and, and vegetable soups and eating them raw. I, I eat a lot of uh, raw veggies with like hummus. It's delicious, you know, easy way to get your veggies in every day. I mean, you should be eating five to seven servings of vegetables every day. If you go talk to the average person and go, how many actual servings of vegetables are you eating a day? Most of them are eating one or less is what I found out. They're like, they're like, is a is um, cereal a vegetable? No. Is, is pizza a vegetable? No. Well, it's got tomato sauce. Yes. It's not even a vegetable. They're a fruit. So you're still eating your vegetables. Like, well, I put a little spinach on it. Well, how much? Uh, a little few pieces. One serving of vegetables of spinach, because it's when you chew it, it's so That's small, fine. right? It's like a big handful. So that's one serving. Are you getting five or six servings a day minimum just for health? handful of broccoli, handful of spinach, handful of carrots, handful of celery. You know, it's like if you're eating 
five to seven servings of vegetables a day, if you're eating five to seven servings of berries and fruit per day, if you're adding in some, some anti-cancer foods like some, some mushrooms in there and some onions each day, and then you're eating you know, really well-cooked legumes, which are incredibly nutritious, high mineral, high protein, high fiber, reducing inflammation, and you're eating some healthy grains, I'd stay away from the wheat, I'd stay away from just because it's so modified to this date. Um, I stay away from corn. Soy is incredibly healthy and anti-cancer, but it's got to be non-GMO. It's got to be 100% organic. Um, and you eat this way, you get some herbs in there. It's like, number one, you're going to be on a whole food, really diverse, nutrient-dense, plant-based diet, and you're going to see incredible results. We see people halt cancers and even complete reverse cancers by switching to a whole food plant-based diet that's nutrient dense and diverse. Um, and then drinking lots of green vegetable juice and carrot juice throughout the day. These have a really powerful, you know, the beta carotenes in the carrot juice, for example, are highly anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, which are helping repair the cells. So the diet side is pretty simple when you really look at the science and you look at what's, um, how to fight basically every disease with diet. The lifestyle things, you can learn each one of these at a time and start to make changes. Whether you want to prevent cancer ever having it, which I'd say, hey, that's a good thing. Or you just want more, you just want more energy. You want to feel better. You want to think better. You want to be, you know, be there with your kids and grandkids as they grow older and have, don't be in chronic pain all the time and, and you know, be able to, to enjoy life with them. I mean, that's my goal. I'd like to be 70, 80, 90, maybe 100 and be with my you know, grandkids, maybe great grandkids and go hiking and go enjoy our time together, right? Like not be in a wheelchair sick, you know, in pain, chronic pain. Nobody wants that. And we can prevent that, you know, um, and we can start at any age. We can really start at, at any age. I've seen miracles happen. Ruth Heydrich, do you know her? Do you know Ruth? That sounds familiar. She was in my documentary series. I'm going to, I'm going to have her on my podcast soon. Um, she's amazing. She's 89 now. I think she's ran, I don't know how many hundred plus marathons. She's done multiple Ironman triathlons. She has um, 900 trophies. She's just this incredible, you know, athletic woman who was diagnosed with breast cancer in like the seventies discovered a whole food plant-based diet, switched to it, and has been on it ever since. And not only helped her completely reverse her cancer, but also has been this incredible athlete and set dozens of world records in all of her age groups all the way until now she's almost 90. Like, how cool would that be, you know? <laughs> it's like, that would be amazing. Now it's not everybody's goal and I understand, but it's just the possibility is there. That's the exciting part. It's about the quality of life, you know? I mean, a lot of times people will say like, oh, well, we're living longer, which actually that's not true anymore. I think that's started going backwards. But anyway, the point is we might be living longer than we used to, but we're living sicker. We're living longer and sicker than ever before. You know, yeah. and I think to your point, with the, the food stuff, I find that, you know, it's it's obviously difficult to change your diet completely. I, I get that. I mean, it. It can be a slow progression if it needs to be, but it is the the mental aspect and emotional aspect that you were talking about at the beginning, I think is 
can be one of the most challenging things, especially if you have trauma. A lot of us, most people do to some degree. Um, so what is your, what is your thought on how a person can go about healing that? Therapy. Um, and my recommendation on therapy is avoid um, licensed psychologists who can prescribe drugs and who prescribe drugs heavily. Avoid them at all costs. Now they're going to hate me for saying that, but the reality is if you go to a psychologist who's licensed to prescribe drugs, more often than not, they're basically just like a Western medical doctor who's just going to prescribe drugs for the symptoms. And they're going to give you depression drugs and they're going to give you anxiety drugs and they're going to give you all these drugs that do not get to the underlying condition. And now for a very small percentage of people who basically for lack of a better way of putting it, have lost all grip on life whatsoever. And they truly are mentally ill beyond, you know, what just sitting down and maybe doing some therapy could really help them. Maybe drugs can help them, right? I mean, I don't know, but I think maybe drugs can, can help at least help people get a, a grip on having a sense of reality and then going deeper into different therapeutic approaches. But I've seen it with family. I've seen it with friends. I've seen it with, with clients that I've worked with. They go to a therapist and that therapist is a licensed, licensed psychologist. And the first thing they do, I mean, they talk with them once or twice and then boom, put them on drugs. And the drugs make them worse over time. You know, there was a, uh, a study done on uh, psilocybin from mushrooms. And they saw not only was psilocybin as if not more effective than depression medications for treating depression, but it had no side effects and no long-term, um, no long-term addictive qualities, no long-term need to keep taking psilocybin, you know, psilocybin, you know, hallucinogens are incredibly powerful for helping heal emotional trauma, for rewiring our neurochemistry, for getting to the, to the root cause of what that emotional trauma is. And so, you know, there, there are different options for that. You can find different practitioners who can guide you through it safely. It can be life-changing. So, you know, hallucinogens can be incredibly healing. You can do like 20 years of therapy in like a few sessions. I've had that experience. So that can be really powerful and really helpful with the right people and the right set, the right setting, the right energy, the right intention. I don't recommend anyone just go buy a bag of mushrooms and go trip out. Like that's not what uh -huh. we're talking about. Yeah. You know, it's incredibly therapeutic and can help you heal. Cannabis can have the same results. I mean, I experiment with cannabis where literally I just had it in my hands and set an intention and, and said a prayer and had a thing I was working through and I would actually just eat it and then have a, you know, um, an experience with it. And it's not as much of a high doing it that way, but you get really clear mentally and like you can solve things very quickly that way. So I found that's a really great way to do it. Um, other kinds of therapy, somatic therapy is really helpful. Um, hypnotherapy, I've done hypnotherapy, that's incredibly helpful. Qigong and energy healing is incredibly helpful because everything we're dealing with in the body through trauma and through stored um, emotions is all energy, right? We know this scientifically, it's all energy. Well, Qigong, Qi, which is stands for life force energy. Gong means the practice of, the practice of life basically the practice of um uh 
opening our life force energy is kind of what it comes to comes to be is in the ancient teachings of Qigong, which is 5,000 years old from China, is energy gets stuck in the body and it, and it creates blockages. And those blockages eventually lead to chronic diseases in the body. And so they learned how to move the qi, move the energy so that the blockages can be released and our body can heal itself. Well, guess what? Our modern science have discovered that they were actually correct and that this stuff actually works. And they knew what they were talking about. When you have a trauma or an adverse event, a loss of a parent, somebody killing themselves, addiction issues, um, losing a job, a divorce, whether you're a child or an adult, these cause traumatic emotional experiences. And when we don't have the full resources to completely flush them out and heal them, our our body actually releases something called neuropeptides and they get stored in organs, different places in the body until we can flush them out. Well, very often those get stored in the body, blocked energy. That's what it is. Neuropeptides are another form of energy. They get stuck in the body until we can release it. Well, we release it through therapy, meditation, yogic breathing, Qigong, um, somatic therapy, uh, hallucinogenic um, thera therapeutic experiences, you know, all these things can actually release the neuropeptides from the body, can release that blocked energy from the body. And then the body goes, ah, okay, I know how to heal myself. Boom, immune system kicked on, sympathetic nervous system turned down, cortisol reduced, you know, dopamine and other healing chemicals are released, serotonin and so forth. And boom, the body goes into its own healing mode. So what I tell people is, um, Try different kinds of therapies. Try meditation. Try Qigong. Try breath work. If you see something, it's like, that looks interesting. Try it. Just try it. Try it at least once and try new things and try it often. Yeah. If you're feeling called towards something, you see there's a, oh, a breath work class coming up near you or an online thing or a somatic therapist or EMDR is another really great um, emotional healing tool that's that's a very powerful process uh, therapeutic healing process try different things um, and and see how you like it and see how you respond to it because it becomes a lifelong practice and journey yes you'll you'll have therapy you'll go through different therapeutic experiences and feel a sense of ah oh, kind of release kind of healing but oftentimes it takes multiple sessions, multiple forms over multiple years to really fully heal deep, deep trauma. And certainly to get to the root cause of different core subconscious belief systems that are causing you to sabotage your own life and your own health. And I'll give you an example of this. So um, I, you know, my, my mom kicked me out of the house when I was 15 because I was a hardcore drug addict and she didn't know what to do with me. And I was out kind of living on the streets, living in a girlfriend's house, couch surfing, sleeping on park benches, living in my car. And I was like, I don't want this anymore. You know, I just was suffering big time. And I thought, you know, if I go to my mom and I explain to her, like she'll, she'll let me back in and she'll, she'll take care of me, you know? And I go to the door and I knock on the door and I, and sitting there kind of teary eyed, like asking for help, asking her to take me in. 
I want, you know, I want to clean up and, and do better. And she told me, no, she said, no, I can't. And she basically closed the door and, and walked away. And I drove away and I just like burst into tears. I was just so destroyed by that emotionally. And never in my mind would I have pictured that happening. For her, it was the right thing to do. You know, looking back at it, I'm glad she did it. It was the right thing to do. And because um, I would have gone right back to the same old shit anyway, you know, and it would have just made things worse. But I, I took that as a major trauma, like abandonment, right? And then I had this deep rooted, you know, blame and judgment and guilt and all these things. And it, and then I didn't talk to her for a few years after that. I didn't see her, didn't talk to her. And then I moved to California and I got sober and I started meditating and, and reading things on spirituality and personal development and getting really committed to my own health and well-being. And I had this strong intuition that I needed to call her, I need to call my mom and, and forgive her. And the forgiving for her wasn't really for her, it was for me. Like I needed to forgive her because I was holding on to this. And when I called her and then, and then I, I forgave her over the phone, I, I heard this like, like loud explosions, like, push, like through the phone, it was really crazy. And I felt this massive release leave my body. It was like this, this weight of this heavy, dense energy that I was holding on to that I wasn't even aware of. All I knew was I needed to forgive her. And, and when I did it, it was just like, boom, this massive release happened. And that was kind of like my first real experience into, let's say, you know, therapeutic approaches for healing mental, emotional traumas, because that was a trauma for me. And in that moment, it released that trauma. Now, Forgiveness is a really powerful practice, and there's a great prayer, the Hawaiian prayer of Ho'oponopono, and I practice that still to this day. It's really powerful. Um, you know, we don't have time to go into it, but it's a really powerful practice. But forgiving yourself, forgiving others is a really great therapeutic thing to do and to really feel it and to really let go because it's that holding on to that's causing you to suffer, right? Um, but when I did that, it was like, I felt free to like, be a higher version of myself. And shortly after that, I actually quit smoking cigarettes, I had still been smoking like two packs of cigarettes a day. Um, and I had this strong calling like, hey, start going to the gym. Uh, don't take any more painkillers, medications, nothing like I'm done with all of it over the counter, everything. And, and then I quit smoking cigarettes, cold turkey. And I've been smoking like two packs a day since I was like 15. And like all those things started happening after that forgiveness. So incredible things can happen when you actually focus on healing emotionally. And so I've experienced and experimented and will continue to experience and experiment with all different kinds of, you know, mentally emotional and energetic healing practices. Um, one of the reasons I started this company healing life healinglife.net is to help bring these kinds of practices into the mainstream so people realize, hey, man, you can heal, you can do it. And there's great resources and tools available to you. You don't have to go sit with a psychologist and get prescribed drugs like you can actually heal naturally and holistically. And it's very powerful stuff. So um, yeah, I just say try new things and stick with it. 
because you will see amazing results over time. Okay. I think I know we got to hop off real quick, but I, we will leave it at that a wonderful message from you. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this podcast. It's really great uh, what you're doing and um, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you have anyone, a loved one, a family member, a friend who is dealing with cancer, please send them this episode and send them Nathan's information as well. And heck, even if they're not dealing with cancer, if you have someone that you care about that you don't want them to ever have cancer, then send them this because I think that it's really important that we get this information out to everyone, not just those who have been diagnosed or have fought cancer and don't want it to come back. We need to scream this to the mountains and try to get people on the right track so cancer doesn't even happen in the first place. This goes with all diseases, right? It would be better to never even have the diagnosis, to never even have to choose what type of therapy you're going to do. Are you going to go holistic? Are you going to go allopathic? Wouldn't it be great to not even have to ever worry about that. If we can get people on the right path, get them healed, get them eating the right foods, it will at least reduce their chances of getting a diagnosis like that. We None of us have a magic cloak. We don't have a crystal ball. We can't say what's going to happen in the future. But if we can do the best that we can day to day, then it's going to increase our odds of not getting cancer. So Again, I hope you enjoyed that episode so much. I know I did. If you stuck with me this long, thank you for listening. Also, P.S., I apologize for the sound on that episode. Um, Apparently, my mic was not working. I had it set up, but it wasn't working. So sound quality is not the best. But again, (laughs) thanks so much for putting up with it. I love you so much. And until next time, peace and plants. Peace.